Hey everybody, Bryce Kuhn here with The Crowded Booth as we get ready to recap week six. And it's pretty much the entire SEC conference because, I mean, look, honestly, it's probably the best conference out there. Not even close. We'll talk about that. Ralph's going to be joining me. If you're listening on the radio, appreciate it. Hit the subscribe button. Let's go ahead and start it. Ralph, hit the button. How in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on the crowded booth with Bryce Coon. All right, everybody, what's up, party people? Bryce Coon and Ralph Leary, as we come to you on a Monday morning, happy Columbus Day. Ralph, uh, you don't get that off. I got Columbus Day off, so it's like, hey, here we go. Uh, first off, we just need to say this I, I don't know when we have ever gotten columbus day off i guess yeah. the kids get fall break now we used to get fall break but it, it falls on a decent well time, so. we went to a we went to a, a school that wasn't in like they didn't need to take you know muskogee county uh yeah. days off so they had their own days off we had like our, our original half days every once in a while but you know it was mostly you know half days and you know we had the the, the regular may holiday but columbus day wasn't really, yeah columbus yeah. day wasn't really our big holiday i guess I don't, I don't even like. I didn't even know it was a day, honestly. But anyways, let's talk about this. So we're doing a week six recap, as we will do every single Monday morning. And look, Ralph, we're not biased towards the SEC. We might be a little we bit. Live in the, we live in the area. We live in the SEC country. But the thing is, is that's where the best games were this this past weekend. And the casuals that try to tell you that there's a down week in college football, they're liars. This sport, I texted you last night. You and I were texting back and forth during the end of the Alabama A and M game. This sport's unreal. It, it is amazing uh, because everything that you think you know, and even us on this show, we just need to throw right out the window because it, it's it's quite amazing. So we need to uh, we need to talk about it here. So it's uh, l- let's let's roll, Ralph. Let, let's talk let's let's talk about the Vols dominating LSU in Death Valley. Uh, you know, we're going to get kind of some quick hitters through some of the games. Uh, Ralph, I'll kind of start this off. I got to watch a little bit of this one, went back and watched the highlights. Uh, my synopsis, real quick, and then I'll let you – maybe we can we can talk and, and go back and forth on this. Uh, Tennessee's offense is unbelievable. They are going to really, really provide a challenge. I think, Ralph, I might have seen them open up as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Alabama, which is interesting. If Bryce Young does not play, I'm that that's going to be fun. We'll talk about that, obviously, later in the week. Tennessee's offense is for real. LSU's offense is abysmal. It's it's bad. Now, Jaden Daniels threw for over 300 yards in this game, Ralph, but it doesn't feel like it. They they yeah. are uh, dead last coming into this past weekend in in I uh, should say explosive plays. Like like he does not throw the ball vertical down the field. It's you're relying on guys like Kayshawn Booty, who's a talented player. But uh, you know Malik Neighbors to be able to get out in space and do that—they're great at doing that. But you got to give them the football. So we kind of want to get your quick synopsis. A, a drubbing, Ralph. I mean, Tennessee goes into another place we have not seen Vol Nation uh, take over a stadium like that in a while. Uh, Rocky Top was uh, ringing down in Death Valley. Yeah, man, I, I saw some videos like of uh, them seeing Rocky Top in the end of the game and just being extremely loud and. You know, showing their presence in, 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 a, in a hostile environment. I mean, LSU is one of, you know, one of the most famous hostile environments in the country. You know, is you know we call it Death Valley, and people will say Clemson's Death Valley, but we all know who really Death Valley is because I think yeah. LSU has always been Death Valley, in my opinion. But um, 
Yeah, I mean Tennessee fans are they're they're loving this. They've been waiting this for a, for a rebound year for for a long time, and they finally get to have this this season so far. And it's been it's been extremely fun for them. You know, wins against Kentucky on at home and having game day there was awesome for them. So, you know, them to go on the road and beat LSU and you know have that win over LSU it's it's huge for them. And you know, their offense showed up huge. And I think the defense played a lot better. I mean, yeah, they gave it three mm-hmm. yards of passing, but thirteen points. I mean, you yeah. give, I mean, if you give up 450 plus pass yards to somebody, but you you still win by you know twenty seven or however much, a win's a win. Your defense it's held good them to thirteen points on on the road. That's incredible. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think too. I think too. Kind of going. I mean, the weakness of Tennessee coming in this game was the defense. It was kind of the was the secondary, and LSU couldn't take advantage of it. And I keep saying this, and when we kind of preview Tennessee and Georgia. You know, this will be a talking point. And even this week, if you start out slow, which LSU did um, against this team, Ralph, um, you're gonna it's it's gonna be an uphill climb for the for the entire game because offensively they move the ball that well. Let's talk about this real quick because we're gonna quickly move through these games. Uh, Brian Kelly obviously has a rebuild job down in Baton Rouge. Uh, it's I mean they they don't they really didn't recruit well. They've got some talented individuals. They they still have to bring and look they're gonna have back to back top ten classes. It's great. But, Ralph, a pivotal moment for me, I was listening to the game on my way to Macon, and Brian Kelly on about the 15, 20-yard line of Tennessee. They've got it in territory. They're down 10 nothing. He goes for it. He went for it multiple times on fourth down where you could have taken a field goal and made it feel a little more manageable. After that, Tennessee just kind of blew you out of the water. Uh, you know, do you love the hate for Brian Kelly right now? Or I, I, I would encourage LSU fans pump the brakes because while LSU, the brand, is like one of the best in college football, this team right now is not one of the more talented teams in the sport. Yeah, I mean, there's no hate for, for Brian Kelly right now. It's too early in his career for – or too early for his uh, tenure here. Yeah. You know, he hasn't been here in more than, you know, nine months. I mean <laughs> – he, he has to be bringing a transfer quarterback in. You don't really have a backup quarterback to go to right now and that, that you that you trust, and you're playing a tough schedule. I mean, you went to play yeah. a neutral site game against Florida State, which, you know, was one of the best games we saw all week all weekend on week one, and, you know, Monday night football was what it was. And then you're playing you – know, Sunday night because my Georgia Tech no, Yellow Jackets sorry, played on Sunday Monday night. night. My bad. Yes, I had it flipped. <laughs> but – yeah, but Brian Kelly, he, he's going to do fine. He's, he's going to out recruit a lot of people. He's going to try to win the state of Louisiana. I think yeah. that's what that's been his number one thing is trying to win his own state recruiting. He hasn't done. LSU's been getting beat by Alabama and Florida sometimes, mm-hmm. and you know even Georgia and you know some up some Texas. You know, yeah. Look, Arch Manning's going to Texas. I mean that you lost the number one recruit in your state, but you know he's going to do fine there. And I think it's just you got to give him time. You can't expect some of these coaches to leave their top, you know, top 25 program and come over and be the same thing they were there. You have to rebuild sometimes. And, you know, you can say about another school we're talking about later on, you got to let them rebuild. But if the rebuild process is not going the way you expect to, you have to make a change. But I think LSU is going to be fine. Brian Kelly is yeah. going to be fine. Yeah, and look, Brian Kelly, whether SEC fans want to be or not, he's a good coach. Uh, he did a lot where he was limited at Notre Dame due to academic standards and some of the other things, and and really financially where Notre Dame was not willing to go uh, and where other schools were willing to go. So uh, I think that you know at LSU, a place where they're not afraid to spend money, uh, he's going to have success there. But like you said, we're a little too early to kind of uh, freak out on that. We're going to go to the next afternoon game of the day on Saturday. And look, not Kirby's dogs, Leach's dogs. Man, they knock off the hogs. Look, 
I said in, in previous weeks where I think Sam Pittman and Arkansas, they have a good thing going. It's a gauntlet, though. It's a gauntlet. And the second you stumble, it's hard to stop stumbling. We found that out out of Arkansas. But, man, Ralph, I'm telling you, and it's funny because LSU beat Mississippi State earlier in the year after getting down early in that game. But Mike Leach is the kind of guy, when he gets his players in there and runs the air raid, how he runs it, it's hard to stop. And Will Rogers has shown that he's more than capable of that. Where Mississippi State now might find themselves in the top, you know, 15, top 20 at least uh, next in next week's AP poll and today's AP poll that comes out. Uh, you know, I think that this is a game where you say, look, Mississippi State's impressive. And who knows what can happen. And truthfully, Ralph, they might be the number two team in the SEC West right now. Uh, they're going to battle with Ole Miss. That Egg Bowl is going to be fun. It always is. But it's really going to be fun this year. Kind of tell me, uh, what are you thinking about Mike Leach and uh, Mississippi State after that performance against Arkansas? Well, you know, he ran the ball more than I expected him to. He had yeah. 37 carries on the ground. I mean, that's that's more than I think he does in a year. And by, like, <laughs> last year, I think they ran maybe six times a game. <laughs> You know, and, and him to start kind of spread it out a bit more and trust his running backs who are really talented, you know, mm-hmm. that shows that they're ready to they're, – they're they're good and their defense is playing great right now. And I mean, obviously this Arkansas was without K.J. Jefferson. And that hurts, yeah. Yeah, and then people say, well, that's just, that's just an excuse. It's not an excuse. When your starting quarterback for the past three years goes down, you tend to lose a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and we saw that with uh, another game later on we'll talk about too. Um I don't think Arkansas is a bad team. Like you said, it's a gauntlet for them. They play yeah. a tough schedule year in year out. They play in the SEC West. You got to you get beat up by everybody, no matter who it is. I mean, Auburn's going to play you hard anyway. You got to play mm-hmm. them at, at, at Auburn. You know, you, you're going to face it. It's an SEC opponent, man. No matter who they are, you get beat up. I mean, Ole Miss almost got beat by Vanderbilt. We saw that. I mean, the SEC is a gauntlet, like you said. And I love how Mississippi State is handling this. Because they have a tough schedule too. You you yeah. play a lot. You play the SEC West. I mean, you 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 face some of the best. You got to face Georgia this year. I mean, that's going to be a in, in very incredible Ooh, game. If Georgia, if Mississippi State's, Mississippi State's defense steps up to the to the plate, we might be seeing an upset that that weekend. Because, yeah, it really tests Georgia's defense, especially that young secondary. Yeah, that, especially a young secondary with a very experienced quarterback who I think has one of the best arms in college football, yeah. and possibly going to be a next year quarterback in the, in, in the NFL. I mean, he has a yeah. great arm. He is he is one of the best offensive minds as his as his coach and his coordinator is is you know basically just helping him, you know, learn the game of football. And you know, I think Mike Leach is awesome. You watch some of his interviews, he's weird. Extremely weird. You saw the coffee one. You know, he hates coffee. Oh, he drinks yeah, that was life. hilarious. That was yeah. hilarious. It's for the effect, not for the journey, he said. Right. Uh, it's exactly. for the effects of it. And so they're gonna be a team that you know, is going to be good for the next few years. As long as he is, as long as he keeps recruiting the way he wants to, finds him a quarterback who can throw it for fifty times, fifty to sixty times a game, with really good receivers and a decent offensive line. He's going to do good because everything else is going to fall into place for him. Well, and two, Ralph, you and I know this, and and we'll move on from this and and talk a little bit about in the next game and go into a commercial break. But I think that with with Mississippi State, the expectations. It's not to go win a national championship. Right. It's really to sit around seven to nine wins. If you can get to nine wins in Mississippi State, like that's awesome. Uh, Dan Mullen set that bar when they went to the Orange Bowl. And who'd they lose to, Ralph? The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, the best option quarterback ever. Uh, I'll tell you that right there. Um, so, anyways. But, no, I mean, look, 
Mississippi State, the expectations are, are not what they are at Auburn. I mean, even at Alabama, at LSU, you know, at Texas A&M. So I think Mike Leach is a perfect fit for Mississippi State. And like you said, when Will Rogers decides either to go to the NFL or time to move on from his career, uh, it's all about can you get the right quarterback? Can you find the right quarterback to run that system, whether it's the JUCO level? And then going over to Arkansas, I mean, losing K.J. Jefferson hurts. Uh, obvious in this game, but Ralph, I don't know if it makes up a deficit of 40 to 17 like we saw. Uh, Dylan Johnson, 17 carries, 100 yards for Mississippi State. Jaquavius Marks had 16 carries for 52 yards and 11 catches out of the backfield for another 80 yards. Mississippi State's dangerous, a dangerous team. I really like what they had to do. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking um, Deep South's oldest rivalry. Cook's Place began serving our signature hot dogs in 1985 from a cart on Broadway. We still serve the best hot dogs and scrambled dogs in town at the corner of Moon and Miller Road and at the landings. Our family staff won't let you leave hungry. Come in and eat to the beat with our 50s jukebox. Cook's Place, fast service, great people, awesome food. What are you waiting for? Back here on the crowded booth, Bryce Kuhn and Ralph Leary with you. We appreciate it if you're listening on radio, podcast form, or if you are on the YouTube. Um, in the famous words of Chico Lynch, the Google or the YouTube. Uh, Ralph loved that one right there. Hey, look, make sure we talk about this one because we're going to. I don't want to talk much about the game. The, the, here's the synopsis of the game George overcame a slow start to run past Auburn. Literally, what happened? We saw Branson Robinson featured a lot in this game. Um, Dejon Edwards, our boy down in uh, Moultrie, Trent Griner, uh, Caulkill County kid. I mean, very good. So this is the thing, Ralph. We'll take this real quick. I'm not even going to let you talk about this because you already kind of said you didn't really feel like it. Georgia. I have just two things. That's it. Sloppy game in the first half. Uh, Georgia overcame that sloppiness in the second half. Uh, My synopsis from Auburn is their defense is not terrible, but the offense is so anemic. And I'm not trying to offend the people that suffer from anemia. I'm just saying the offense is so anemic, Ralph, and they can't do anything. They do not help that defense out. And the defense kept it close, 14 to nothing at halftime. But after that, they could not. It felt like the water had built up so much against the dam before the dam finally broke. And, and they just couldn't do anything else. Uh, real quickly, give me your two things because I want to go into another section of this that I think is really kind of more important about this game. I think you hit on, you hit on one of them. It was just the defense is not bad. I don't think they are. I think they get exhausted because they're on the field the whole entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn's relying too much on Ashford to, to do everything, and I don't think he's able to do that at this point with no offensive line help, no yeah. no receivers really around him who can do anything. He got Tank Bisbee and Jarquez Hunter, but they're getting hit as soon as they get to hand the ball to him. You know, it's, it, it's no help for him at all. So I think you're relying on Ashford to be that that stud athlete that we think he is and what he can be. We, I know he can be. I mean, he's, yeah. he's crazy athletic. We saw him against LSU in the first half. He played great. LSU made changes, and they stopped him. Auburn is very just – they just say they don't change anything. They, they keep mm-hmm. going to the same – the whole game, they can figure something out, and they're like, oh, they did against LSU. And he yeah. figured it out early on. They had him up 17 nothing. They did not score the rest of the game. Hmm. Auburn does not change at halftime. They don't fix anything. They expect that if they're winning in the first half, it's going to work in the second half. That's not how it works in college football. It's not high school. Especially the SEC. Especially <laughs> With all the, the talented head coaches you have and coordinators. Well, not, not even that. Go, go further down. The analyst. The analysts are just yeah. watching, reading every play. They're looking at, okay, maybe if they if they come to this formation, they're going to run the ball more to the right side. 
you know, we'll just blitz the right side, you know, or blitz you know, to our left side and, you know, we'll stop them. It's just, it's so mm-hmm. simple just to make a few changes at halftime. I mean, you, you might keep it closer games. I mean, I'm not saying you're beating Georgia, but you may make it, you know, 28-14 maybe or 28-17. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to beat anybody, but you're making it closer and it makes it look a little bit better than 42 to 10. Yeah. I'll add this to it. It's so uncharacteristic and weird for me to see an Auburn team that can't really run the football. 93 yards on the ground in this game. Uh, Ralph, I mean, look, I, I you, you talked to a couple Auburn fans, obviously where we are here in Columbus, there's a ton of them. It's, you know, this, this is a rivalry that uh, has meant so much. And for the sixth straight time, Georgia to win this game, Ref, I kind of hate it. Like, I didn't love that they – I get why they moved the game earlier in the season, but there's just something about Georgia and Auburn in November. It's always – you know, it felt like it was always a really, really big game. It's And we're going to go we, – we're going to do an episode just based on this later on in the end of the week. Ralph, it's kind of sad to see kind of how this rivalry is kind of falling because watching the game, it just didn't feel like it had the same juice anymore. That, that it has, you know, our entire, you know, young adulthood and childhood. We've watched this game. Yeah, I mean, I grew up watching, you know, you know me, I, I grew up an Auburn fan. I, I went to most of mm-hmm. these games. I was unlucky not to be there for the uh, kick six, as I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, or not, I'm sorry, the uh, the prayer at Hare. But I now know how Georgia fans feel about that. Um, it's it's sad to see how far Auburn's fallen from their, you know, reign of having a great defense and a great running game. And now it's just, it's just like you said, it's sad. You know, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, I want to watch this game where it's like a, 3.30 kickoff every Saturday in November. And then, you know, and I look at the score, man, it's like 10 to 17 and Auburn's got driving down to the three-yard line and, you know, and Tank Bixby has like over 140 yards rushing. That's what you want to see because that's who they are. That's who they can be. Yeah. But they have nothing to push them forward. And I think, and I'm just going to say it because I, I believe it's true. I think what, what's happening right now is they're just buying time until Harson's fired. He, yeah. He's gone after the season, guaranteed. New AD coming in. You want us to get yeah. you a button like Charles Barkley, guaranteed, so you can yeah, hit it? Yeah, I'm guaranteeing he's gone for the season. He <laughs> might be gone. You know, we, we talk about, you know, Lane Kiffin got tarmacked. Herm Edwards got end-zoned. I think Brian Harson gets half-timed. What did Jeff Collins get? Jeff Collins got uh, – Escorted. Oh, he got escorted. Good job. <laughs> that was a good one. There we go. Yeah, there I, I, think, I, think, I think Brian Harson gets half-timed. I think halftime. You know, he, I think one game. If, if it, I, and I believe it's been the West Kentucky game. If they're getting beat at halftime, he's not coming back out. Mm. Go I West think. Paul. Go West Paul. Hey, uh, let's let's talk about this Ralph really quickly because Beamer Ball beats the Cats. Now, look, the best thing I saw from this game, I hadn't even watched the highlights. All I saw is Shane Beamer clowning Mark Stoops in the locker room. Ralph, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this game, uh, but I do. We did an episode early or in before the season started, and what did I say? I said South Carolina could surprise some people in the SEC. Ralph, they're four and two on the year. Spencer Rattler has been a bust up until this point, just in his college career, uh, but he played well, and South Carolina found a way to win on the road at Kentucky, and look. I mean, I don't think th- – this is a team that needs, what, two more wins to go to a bowl game. I mean – They still have Missouri and Vanderbilt to play. Okay, so there's Florida. your two wins. There's your and two Florida. wins. And, and, and beat Florida. There's maybe three wins. I mean, look, I was impressed with this, Ralph. Uh, let's just touch on this for maybe a minute or so. South Carolina I, – I, look, I love Shane Beamer. Like, I love the attitude that he brings to that program because you know what? I'm not comparing him. But the swagger and kind of the uh, – let's just say it – uh, the kind of a little bit of a fu attitude 
that Steve Spurrier brought to South Carolina, it feels like it's kind of coming back. When Shane Beamer's like, you know what? I don't care. Uh, we're going to do whatever the heck we want, and we're just going to we're going to play art. We're going to play Beamer ball. We're, we're just going to have fun, and we're going to you know put some funky sunglasses on, and we're going to dance around. I, I like this win, but I'll ask you, what does it say about Kentucky? Obviously, Kentucky didn't have Will Levis in this game. Probably would have flipped the script a little bit. But is uh, I mean, I still think this Kentucky team with Will Levis is is dangerous uh, to the rest of the SEC East. You know, when they play Georgia, when they play Kentucky, or when they play Tennessee, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I'm looking at the schedule for South Carolina, and I may see an upset win for them in the future. Uh, not next week, the week after they play A&M at mm. home. Ooh. And A&M coming off, you know, a really good game against Alabama. But I really like what South Carolina is doing right now. They're playing great. They've The only losses are to Arkansas by, by 14 and Georgia. On the road. Yeah, on the road. And, and, Georgia, and Georgia's – was incredible that game. I mean, it's just, you know, it's the, it's the famous quote. Do you think you're going to beat Georgia? Hell no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you love Shane Beamer, and I do too. I think he's great for that program. He's going to do great in the future. He's just – it's second year, right? Yeah. And he's already made a bowl game with year one, year two, probably made another bowl game. And they're consistently going to get better and better year in, year, year in and out. And I feel like South Carolina will be back in the next three or four years where they're competing for an SEC East title. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, well, they're at least challenging Georgia for the number, you know, challenging for the number two spot, challenging Kentucky and Tennessee. I mean, they, they do have that type of potential under Shane Beamer. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. Hey, last game that we're going to cover and we're going to talk about here is one kind of Ralph alluded to. The Tide hold off the Aggies, and I should have put quotations because they literally held them. Ralph, um, we can spend a little bit more time on this, and we'll kind of wrap it up with a, you know, each we'll each pick a best performance of the week. Uh, we felt like maybe, and we'll, and I'll even go outside the SEC for for my best performance of the week. Um, this game, Ralph, uh, Jim, where, where do we start? Where, you know, if Bryce Young plays this game, what was the, what was the spread? 28 or something like crazy? 24 and a half, I think. 24 and a half. If Bryce Young plays this game, I think they get near that. This Alabama team's very flawed. Very flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, now look, Jalen Milrow may be a great quarterback one day, and he's a great athlete. The kid's huge. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is probably the best player on that Alabama offense outside of a Bryce Young when he's healthy. Um, you know, this is a team in Alabama that's flawed. They've got a great defense. Um, but A&M just hung around. I mean, if you look at the box score and it didn't feel like it should have been this close, Alabama just couldn't convert um, – they they just couldn't they just couldn't finish drives offensively and, and and so it's just interesting to me you and I watched this game not together we were texting each other and we were also this is one thing for people listening or watching the show Ralph always kills me because before we kind of moved out on our own Ralph had cable okay Bryce did not have cable Bryce watched these games on streaming and so Ralph would always text and so I text Ralph say hey I'm watching on YouTube TV he goes well I am too so we were both caught up but. Uh, Ralph, I mean, look, Texas A&M was a better play call way from really winning this game and upsetting Alabama and beating them two years in a row. Uh, kind of what are your biggest takeaways from this? Evan Stewart's going to be a problem in the SEC. That's a quote from my roommate, honestly. Mm. Mm. Um, yes, I, you're right. A&M's one good play call way for winning this game. I think they the defense stepped up. We, we saw A&M's defense who we thought they can be. They yeah. played exceptionally well. They – Gave Milrow problems. You know, he's a he's a, not a true freshman. He's a freshman. He's first career start. Had him running around. Now he's a great runner. Seventeen for eighty three yards, no touchdowns. Yeah. But 
when you have Jameer Gibbs, you don't need much help. Jameer Gibbs, yeah. 21 for 154. He was averaging almost eight yards a carry. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's great. That's what you need. And I felt like A&M's offense was just not really doing much. They just couldn't. And Haynes King was, I mean, give it to him. He's still alive today. I mean, I'm impressed. Man, dude. Yeah. He's got to be on crunches or something. He he has to be banged up. He was he got hit so many times on Saturday. I felt I felt bad for him. I said because yeah. his offensive line has to be really good, but they're just. I mean, you got Will Anderson, who's a madman. I mean, Will Anderson was. Ralph, he was blowing like, up the left tackle and left guard the entire game, and especially yeah. these last couple drives. He has the best first step in football, and I'm saying that as a not just for a defensive player, but in general, no yeah. one has a better first step than he does. He's all he's. In the backfield before a left tackle or right tackle could get to him, he's yeah. gonna make. He's a he's a problem on the, to the offensive lines. He's a problem for running backs trying to block him. He's a problem, and I think that's where Alabama is is reasonable to winning games because they have him. Yeah. They don't have Will Anderson. I feel like games are a little more different because teams can safely block their quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's simple. I know it's like, well, if you block for him, they win the game. But yeah, but if you have a problem like if you have Will Anderson <laughs> on the other side, you can't block him. Well, and two, you got a bunch of young kids. You also got Dallas Turner on the other side, who's no slouch. And so this Alabama, exactly. you know, front seven is really, really good. Uh, you know, Max Johnson didn't play in this game, obviously injured. But, uh, you know, Haynes King played his butt off, and he showed a lot of guts in this game. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know where Texas A&M is. Because Jimbo Fisher, I think, uh, has got to throw out this offense and do something new. He's got – Josh Pate said this on a, on a late kick the other day, Ralph. He's got 75 pieces of paper. He looks like he just pulled all the paper out of our lockers. Like, you remember when you used to put just paper in your lockers or stuff in your book bag? It looks yes. like Jimbo just takes all of that out and says, we're going to call plays from 63 different pieces of paper. Uh, you know, so they've got to be better. They could have scored. You could have caught a pass interference on the last play of the game. I mean, he had his – the DB had his arm draped all over him. The w- two things that I'll say about this, Alabama will lose a regular season game. They are way too undisciplined. Uh, that secondary – I mean, look, Terry and Arnold got flagged a couple of times on that last drive for P.I. and defensive holding. They're talented, but look, you, you do that against Tennessee and you'll be down with the Vol Navy – out there on the river going crazy, 112 million people in that stadium because that's what it feels like when it's that loud. Ralph, I can't wait to preview that game. It's going to be a lot of fun. But, no, Alabama, I think they're going to lose a regular season game, um, and that might be the best thing that happened to them. It was last year. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they responded well up into the national championship game. But, you know, I think that uh, Nick Saban, they got a lot of things to work on. This is one of the more undisciplined Alabama teams, and it's not fluky. Like, you remember the game last year when Alabama went down to Gainesville and almost lost to Florida mm-hmm. down there? And they were like, oh, no, here we go. But it was like, okay, they kind of cleaned those things up. I don't, like, I don't know if they're going to clean these things up because this has been happening ever since the Texas game. And it's not saying that Texas is bad. But it's just saying that, you know, it's going to be interesting. Hey, let's take a quick break, and I'm going to tell you about this. Uh, Listen, a fishing apparel for on and off the water. It's fantastic. Rigged and ready. It's, uh, you know, based here out of Columbus and middle Georgia as well. Use code, code, not crowed. Use code CROWDEDBOOTH10 for 10% off your order at RiggedAndReadyFishing.com. they got great hats, T-shirts. But this is the thing. It's not just for your avid fishermen. You can ask Ralph. I am not the most avid or talented fisherman whatsoever, and that's okay. You can get great stuff as well. And I got a nice little towel that Ralph is literally a boating towel, but I'm putting it on my uh, my golf bag to use for that. So I hope that's that that's okay. Hey, let's let's talk real quickly about this, Ralph. Um, I want your honorable mentions from week six. Quickly, I'm going to go first. My best performance, 
Texas. Oklahoma's bad. Texas beat them 49 to nothing, Ralph. It literally looked like the uh, Oregon-Georgia game because Texas just dominated. They get their quarterback back, and Quinn Ewers, um, really impressed to see what this Texas team can do. That's my honorable mention from week six, the best performance. And I said I wasn't going to go with an SEC team. I just took a matchup of two future SEC opponents. Ralph, who are you going with? Who's your honorable mention, best performance of the week? Are you going with the Troy Trojans? I'm not. Are you staying in the Sun Belt? No. Well, we got to give a shout-out. Georgia State, all blue, all in. All right, keep going. You're welcome, Jackson Gordy. I'm going out west. All right. Way out west. No, actually, well, not, 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 not Hawaii? Not the Philippines? No, no. Sorry, here, further, further the other way. Sorry. Uh, UCLA. 6-0, and oh, baby. 6-0. and oh, What a big win over Utah. Dorian mm. Thompson-Robinson, almost 300 yards in the air, four touchdowns. Hit five total touchdowns yesterday. you got to love it. Chip Kelly's offense, man. Chip Kelly is back in college football, and people forget that he's one of the greatest college football coaches we've seen in a long time. You got to love it, Ralph. Any final thoughts? We got about thirty seconds here for the people. Uh, should they subscribe to the channel? Absolutely. Absolutely, Absolutely. subscribe to the channel. Subscribe also, to the channel. Make sure to hit notifications. You, you want one more? Go ahead. Uh, if Jalen Daniels doesn't get hurt, Kansas is six and zero. I can't wait to watch Kansas go to a bowl game. And they're gonna. They need one Thump. more win. They need one more win. Kansas Oklahoma next weekend. Kansas Oklahoma. to the Sugar Bowl. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Why not? Hey, this has been the Crowded Booth. We've been talking week six recap. Make sure to subscribe. Like the video. It helps in the algorithm. And if you don't like us, just dislike the video. That's okay because that also helps us in the algorithm as well. We'll talk to you next time here on the Crowded Booth. Thanks so much for tuning in. How in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.